If you like listening to my conversations with interesting people, you'll love listening to them or watching them on Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service where you can get access to these interviews early and ad-free, as well as bonus episodes from my YouTube channel and exclusive series you can't find anywhere else. Sign up for Nebula by clicking the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe to support the podcast and help promote content that matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Answers with Joe podcast. This is a new thing, giving it a whirl. So like most new things, it's probably going to be a little rough around the edges. I ask you to just kind of bear with me. And uh, after a while, maybe I'll get my feet under me and this will be something really cool. For today, I have a sponsor that I want to start things off with. There's a website. It's called Kinkerboy.com. That's our sponsor for today and probably for the foreseeable future. Kinkerboy is for people who get regular chronic canker sores. This is something that if you don't get them, doesn't sound like a big deal. If you do get them, you know it's a very life-altering painful awful thing and it actually happens for about 20 percent of people so there's a lot of people out there that could use this so it's a website but it's also a vitamin supplement that helps prevent these things from happening now we're talking about canker sores not cold sores those are two totally different things canker sores that recur on a regular basis have a condition called recurrent apthostomatitis and if you get it you get those canker sores all the time this helps to turn it off And if you're wondering how I got a sponsor so early, because this is like my third, third, I think, (laughs) my my third or so podcast, and this is the first one I've done in a while, it's it's still a very new thing. How did I get a sponsor so early? Well, it's because that's my company. That's another little side thing I do outside of here. That's a condition that I've had for my whole life. Many people in my family do. Started working on it a long time ago. It's been about 10 years or so in the making, so it's a really important thing to me. If you follow the channel, if you really want to support the channel, uh, spread the word about kinkerboy.com. If this is a condition you have, obviously, please go check it out. I can even offer you a discount uh, if you go there and email me there and say that you heard it on the podcast. Mostly, I just want to help people out, but it's also something that uh, is a bit of a side business and helps me to continue to make content. So, check that out. You'll be hearing more about that in future podcasts. I won't ramble as much about it in the future, though. So, um, this week I talked about Moore's Law on Monday. And I already did, actually just a little bit ago, I did a live stream that I didn't do live. I just did it to an unlisted audience and then later made it live. I did that because uh, I just kind of wanted to jump in there and make a few corrections because I did get a couple of things wrong. I actually got a couple of things wrong in that little live stream that I did, so maybe I should do another video correcting my correction because that's how I roll. But uh, so the thing is, I've been getting a lot of comments and I was responding to some of them in that live stream that I did. A lot of comments on these... Because, okay, the video was about Moore's Law. Moore's Law, of course, is the idea that processing speed will continue to double every 18 months to two years, which is an exponential growth, which is what led uh, a lot of futurist people like Ray Kurzweil to predict the singularity because you get to a point where it's so exponential that everything kind of becomes infinite. But that's the general... um, 
topic at hand. But of course that gets into computer technology itself because there's a lot of people predicting that Moore's Law is ending and the crux of the video is I was talking about some technologies on the horizon that may continue Moore's uh, trajectory and see us towards this, you know, whole singularity thing that would be really cool. Or destroy humanity, you know, one or the other. But so a lot of the questions that I started getting from the commenters were very specific and detailed and technical computer questions. And I'm just going to put this out here right now. I am not a computer guy. I use a Mac. I use a Mac because it's something that just works. And I get made fun of for that every once in a while in videos because, well, people will make fun of you for anything. But I, I post, you know, something about my Mac or the fact that I use a Mac and all these people are like, why would you use a Mac? They suck and whatever. I just use Macs because they work. I've had all these uh, apps that I've bought over the years. I've got workflows in place with all the stuff that I do. And it's not, you know, I don't want to have to reinvent the wheel every time I get a new computer. So this is what I've stuck with and it works for me. So whatever. But, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I did build a computer back in college. Now, of course, that was a long time ago. Computers were different back then. But I had a roommate at the time who, I don't know if he was a computer science major or... And IT, his, his major has something to do with computers and he was definitely a computer guy, but he helped me out. You know, we went to, I want to say Fry's Electronics or Micro Center, one of those places. We bought all the different components and we built it and it had one of those giant, you know, CRT screens that was, you know, 50 pounds and only 13 inches across. But uh, that was a long time ago. But uh, that's the only computer I've ever built. Every other computer I've ever had, you know, came as it was. And beyond very general stuff, I am not a computer expert by any means. Luckily, a lot of the other people who follow my channel are and were giving really great responses in the comments, which I appreciate because uh, that's, that's really not my wheelhouse. Most of the things I talk about on my channel are not my wheelhouse. I'm basically full of crap all the time. So anyway, so uh, that was a fun episode to make and it's doing pretty well. Um, I think anytime you have any kind of a list video, which this one was, I listed seven different technologies that uh, should continue Moore's Law. Those tend to do pretty well. I think people just like having things organized in that way. Although I try not to make everything a list video, those can get pretty repetitive and boring. But um, anyway, that's what was going on this week. So I wanted to talk about my dog. Some of you know about Zoe, as she has shown up in some videos. Uh, we got her last year at this place called Canton. If you're familiar with the northeast Texas area, Canton is this really small town. And the only thing that's, well, I don't want to insult them, but the, the only thing that's really interesting about Canton is every, they have this thing called First Monday Trade Days which is exactly what it sounds like the first or the weekend before the first Monday of every month they do basically a gigantic flea market and 
there's I mean it's there's a lot you can go there and just kind of spend a day there there's a lot of you know food vendors and stuff like that so you can eat some horrible fried stuff and you can go and look at I mean a lot of it's just junk literally there's some people that are just they 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 pick up junk and they sell it there there's other I mean you know you can find different types of uh, uh, handmade stuff you can find Compute, not computer stuff, but like electronic stuff. You can find gadgets and gizmos and farm stuff. I mean, there's like anything you can think of is there. It's just an excuse to get out of town and go do something, which is exactly why we went there on Labor Day weekend of last year. Another little area of the trade days is something they call Dog Alley. And that's where a lot of breeders go to, you know, sell puppies. And that's generally frowned upon by most of the granola people out there, which I tend to be most of the time. But we were there. I was there with my wife and we're walking around and she was, because the last time we went there, we went to pup, to Dog Alley. It's just, you know, it's an excuse to go play with some dogs, right? It's like whenever you go to a pet store and they've got one of those adoption things and all those little dogs in the cages, you can't not go over and take a look just because you're puppies, you know? So that's what we did. We got there and we're walking around and several, several times she was like, where's Dog Alley? Where's Dog Alley? We couldn't remember where it was from the last time because it had been a while. And anyway, we walked around and she was so eager to go there. I was kind of like, this is bad. This is not good because we have a dog and two cats at home at the time. We had a dog and two cats. So we were already pretty full. And uh, anyway, so we're walking around and we finally find it. And the very first um, kennel, I guess, that we came across was some people from Arkansas selling French bulldog puppies. So let me tell you something about my wife. She has been obsessed with French bulldogs for as long as I've known her. Anytime there's a picture of one, anytime we see one in public, she does this thing with her hands where she kind of like, you know, taps her fingers together all excited. And she goes, oh my God, there's a French bulldog. She just does this whole thing. She's always been like that. So when the very first kennel that we run across is full of French bulldog puppies, I just, I'm surprised she didn't lose some bodily fluids out of some orifice. It was... She got really excited. She went over there and she was like, can I, can I hold one? And of course they let her hold one. Because they they knew <laughs> the second my wife picked up this puppy, it was over. It was all over. She she started holding it and she was like, oh, just like making that noise. And after maybe 30 seconds, she was like, oh my God, I'm going to get this dog. I mean, it was, it was just decided right there. I am not going to say how much we spent on this dog. I will say it was substantially less than I've seen them go for. But I will also say that it could be a down payment on a car, like ridiculous amount of money. I'll just, I'll just straight up say it. And luckily my wife is a teacher and she had just done this thing over the summer where she was, um, uh, she was grading AP tests for the entire country. She graded like thousands of AP tests, but anyway, she got a big bonus for it. And <laughs> that's where that bonus went. It just went right away into this dog and we brought it home. And I want to say really quickly, everything about this dog, I am theoretically against. I am 
I, I'm, I'm somebody who's, you know, like, like most, you know, the granola people, I'm very into, uh, uh, rescuing dogs don't go purchase from breeders don't support that whole industry i am all into mutts the first dog that we have is a pit bull mix we don't know what he's mixed with but i think those make for healthier dogs i think the breeding practices over generations and generations and decades leads to all kinds of health problems and you can you can see especially in english bulldogs you can see how I mean, it's almost cruel. Some some of the dogs, the way they are almost uh, handicapped by the way they've been bred over the years. I'm fundamentally against all this stuff. And yet we got this dog and we brought it home. And I mean, I did a video about it. You can, you can find it. It was called uh, Is Love Just a Drug? Where I talked about how within <laughs> a matter of days of having this dog in our house, I literally was crying because I had to leave it in the bathroom when I left for work. I couldn't let it run around the house because it wasn't house trained yet. But it was that level of just immediately I fell in love with this dog. And it has not changed. This dog, Zoe, she makes me laugh every single day. Every time she looks at me, it makes me smile. And I was out walking her one day and a thought occurred to me. I started wondering what it was exactly about this dog that got me so much because I have another dog. I've mentioned that his name's Jake. He's a pit bull mix and we've had him for eight or nine years now. He's actually starting to get a little old. I actually just took him to the vet a couple weeks ago and had to get a few things, you know, a few little spots removed from his skin. His knees are starting to give, you know, he's starting to you know, have some old dog issues, which makes me sad, but he's a great dog. I love this dog. But it's a totally different thing with Zoe. Zoe is is a baby. She's a baby. I hold her. I snuggle her. We let her in the bed with us. She um, She's just more like a, a baby than she is a dog. Jake is a great dog, and I love Jake as a dog. But Zoe's a baby. And so I'm out walking her, and I just I was just wondering. I started thinking about what it is about this dog that made me... Uh, fall for her so quickly and there's a few theories that I have one is simply that the French Bulldog is a Franken dog it shouldn't exist it was the pairing of I think a pug and a Boston Terrier and I think some other type of dog anyway uh, the reason why they're so expensive is because they literally can't breed because of the way they're built I guess because of their, their hips or something like that. They literally can't breed. They have to be artificially inseminated. And because, again, the, of their anatomy, I want to say, has something to do with their hips, they can't naturally give birth to puppies. They have to be uh, cesarean section. So it's, again, fundamentally, it's one of these things that I don't support <laughs> because it's very traumatic for the dog to, uh, to breed one of these things. But it's also a dog that has been specifically bred over the years with one function and one function alone, and that is to be a companion animal for human beings. So it's, it's sort of hardwired and encoded into its brain to love and want to be around people. 
that's why it kind of broke my heart so much when I had to leave her in the bathroom back when I was uh, working at the paper because I knew that it wasn't just that she wanted to be around people and she didn't want to be alone. It was that she was literally hardwired that way. She had been bred that way over generations and generations and, you know, a hundred years or so of, 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 of programming these dogs genetically so that they want to be around people all the time. And I'm telling you, if I'm upstairs and she's downstairs and I've got the door closed and she can't, I mean, she can't handle being alone and she starts whining and crying. So I thought part of it maybe was that just genetically their personalities were made like they, 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 they are, they are literally created to produce that feeling that I was having about her. So there was that. And I think that's true, but that's only part of it. The other part of it is because she's so cute. It's one of these, uh, I guess cart pulling the horse kind of thing. I don't know if that's the right metaphor, but she has never had a bad experience with a human being. Every human being that has ever seen this dog has uh, cooed over her and found like just, just going, Oh my God. Like they all have that same reaction that my wife has. In fact, there's a story when we first uh, got her, I want to say in the first couple of months that we got her, we went to Petco to get some stuff and we brought her with us. And I want to say I bought a gate or I'd returned a gate or something. Anyway, I had to go out to my car and my wife was still in the store with her. So I went out to my car real quick. And when I came back in, I was, you know, I had to go find them. I didn't know where they were. Literally, I walked in the front door of the Petco. They had one of those sliding doors. It slid closed behind me. And I stood there for a second. And after not even three seconds, not, not even five seconds, maybe three seconds. Anyway, I heard some people going, oh, my God, that's so cute, like over to the side of the of the room. And I was like, there she is. And sure enough, I went over there. I just followed the squeeing human beings sound, and I found my wife, and I found the dog. <laughs> and it was like everywhere she goes, she gets that reaction. So I started thinking, like, of course she loves people, and of course she wants to make people happy and of course she uh is is kind of programmed to be this this little joy machine because every human being that has ever come across her has loved her immediately you know and and the only danger with her like she uh we could probably let her off leash one thing i don't want her to get hit by a car she doesn't have the best self-control but uh the other thing is that she'll just run up to anybody literally just anybody or any other dog she just runs up she just gets excited she's never met a human being she didn't like and no human being she has ever met has not liked her so that has to do something to the brain of an animal to make them more loving and more uh, just overflowing with joy and happiness towards people jake has the opposite experience he's he's a pit bull mix so you know, when I take him out in public, sometimes that tail goes between his legs. He gets really, you know, shifty. His ears go back. He he gets nervous. He's never bitten anyone. He's he's a great dog. He's never bitten anybody. He, he's growled. He, he barks a lot of people coming to the house. He's very territorial about the house. So a lot of friends are kind of <laughs> leery about coming over. But even still, he's never he's never bitten anybody. He's never really threatened anybody. He just barks a lot. But seeing a pit bull barking and growling at you eh, gets your attention, you know. So, so people don't go cooing over Jake. They see a pit bull. 
And even people who like pit bulls are kind of like, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to sort of present my hand and let him smell me. And I'm just going to, you know, be very respectful of this animal that could take my throat out, you know. And and so because people react to him that way, of course, he's not going to be as, yay, I love people as much as Zoe is because people don't react like the way, like people immediately want to go pet her and just run up to her and love on her. And they don't do that with Jake. They're a little bit more standoffish with him. So, of course, he feeds off of that. So, so okay, so there's the genetic thing. There's the simple, always been loved on by every human being she's ever met thing. But then there's something else. And I have to take this into consideration. And, of course, this ties into a lot of things that I think about and talk about and read about in terms of our own human psychology. And that is, you know, we have four animals in our house right now. Three of them... Well, two of them were totally for free. Jake, we had to adopt. There was an adoption fee, so it was like a hundred bucks or something like that. But Zoe is the only one we've really spent a significant amount of money on. And of course, she's the one that we love the most. <laughs> and I should be careful when I say that. I, I love all the animals, except for one of the cats. One of the cats, I could I could literally throw out the front door right now and not feel bad about it. But that's a whole other thing. But uh but we have this very strong feeling towards Zoe and I have to consider and accept and acknowledge that part of that might be because we heavily invested in this dog. And that's something that there's a book called influence. That's a a great book about human persuasion, how our brains work, how we are uh, well influenced by people. And one of the things that it talks about is that the more you invest in something, the more you spend on something, the more value you give to it. And I can totally speak to this with the whole canker boy thing. I have at various times while running canker boy offered a free uh, trial membership. And I still offer it every once in a while to people. Like if, if honestly, if anybody listening to this right now reached out to me an email and said, Hey, could I get a free trial? I will probably give you one because that's, you know, whatever. I just want to make sure, it, you know, people know about it and have access to it. But for a long time, that was like the standard thing. While I was building it up, I was like, dude, the first couple of months were free. Just, you know, you'll get a free bottle. Just try it out. I was just trying to get it out there. And I can tell you unequivocally that the people who got the free trials were, and I'm just going to say it, I'm just going to lay it out, were the biggest pains in my ass, were the biggest, um, they demanded more. They wanted more perks. They wanted better service. And the people who spent the actual money were a lot more chill. And honestly, that's one of the main reasons why I stopped offering that across the board because I got better customers. I got customers that valued it more. I got customers that were a lot more willing to give it a chance. People who got it for free, if you know, it usually takes four to six, sometimes eight weeks for it to work for people. Everybody's a little bit different. But the people who got the free trial... I'd be getting emails from them after they'd taken three of them and be like, hey, I've still got a canker sore. What's up? So I've seen it like very clearly in in this business that people who get free stuff don't value what you give them. So there's this weird paradoxical concept that if you want people to... Uh, if you want people to value what you do more, you need to charge more for it. There's a story in that book about some roadside, I don't know where I'm going to say New New Mexico, but some roadside jewel um, vendor that sold turquoise. Like that was kind of their big thing was turquoise. Well, business was what it was. It wasn't great. 
and at one point his uh his employee went through and I may be butchering the story a little bit, but the gist of it is he he mispriced all of the items in the store. He I, put an extra zero on there or something like that, and the price got some something went wrong, and they got way overpriced. And the guy, the owner of the store, didn't even know that this happened until he started looking at the uh, the numbers coming in, the the sales. Their their profits went through the roof. Their sales went through the roof. It wasn't just that they were making more money. It's that they were making more sales. People were buying more. And he was like, what happened? And he went back and looked and he said, oh my God, like this $5 turquoise was priced for 50 for some reason. But more people were buying the $50 one than the $5 one because we we assign more value to something. We think it's more valuable. It's more worth having. It's more worth spending. People are more willing to spend $50 on a gem than $5 on it. That makes no sense logically, but that's how our brains work. And along with that goes that uh, you see this a lot in politics, and I could I could get political about this right now, but I'm not going to. But when you when you we like to think that we make we we consider all the options, we consider all the facts, and then we make a decision, and it's based on those facts. But studies show that it actually goes the opposite way. We actually make a decision emotionally, and then we have this interpreter module in our brain that says, okay, so I did this, so I must be that kind of guy, you know? Um, And I'm only going to use politics just because it's convenient. But if you say, I voted for this Republican, then there's that part of your brain that says, well, I guess I'm a Republican. And I guess I think what they think. So it's like you're more likely to believe... It doesn't matter. I use Republican. It could be liberal, it could be Democrat, whatever. But you're more likely to believe those policies of the party that you vote for because you voted for that party. Not You didn't vote for that party because you believe those things. You believe those things because you voted for that party. So this is all looping back around to the dog. Do I love this dog because it's such a great animal? Because it's such a great uh, family member now? Or do I love it because I spent all this money on it? And therefore, in my mind, I think, well, I must love this dog. I can, I can honestly sit here and tell you, I don't know. Like, I have, to, I have to think about that. Like, I'm out walking my dog and this thought crosses my mind. And I'm like, am I only so in love with this dog just because we spent all this money on it? And we've made this huge investment in it? Like, is this just me convincing myself that, that I love her because I must justify the fact that I've done this, I don't know. I think I think it's all these other things. I don't I don't think that that's what makes me laugh when she comes and runs up and tries to bite my hand. I don't think that's why I smile every time I look at her. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, I I think I've grown some ovaries since we got this dog. We were traveling to see her mom, which is down in Austin. It's a good three and a half hour drive, depending on traffic, and. At one point, like we had her in the back seat, um, we didn't have her in the crate at the time, and she was still a puppy. She was probably I don't know, four or five months old, still still very much a puppy. And I don't know, I'm just driving, and I just kind of turned and looked in the back seat to see how she was doing, and she was just. And if you've never seen a Frenchie sit, the way they sit, it's hard to explain on audio, but they they sit like on their butts like a lot of dogs they sit and they're kind of really on their on their legs like on their back legs 
that's not what they do. That's kind of this whole, all Frenchies do this. They actually sit on their butts and their legs stick out front, like their bottom leg. You kind of have to see it, but their legs stick out front and their, and their front paws kind of rest to the side of their legs. So it looks like a little, it looks like a person just kind of sitting there. And of course it, it causes their bellies to stick out. So they got this big round belly. So she's sitting like that in the back seat. I turn around and I look, she's sitting like that and she's just looking out the window I guess at the power lines or the clouds or something. And she was just like, she was just like a little baby, just so intrigued by what was going by, just very content, just sitting there and something about that. Guys, I'm telling you, I teared up. I'm driving. I turned around and I saw that and I was just like, oh my God, I just started tearing up. It was so precious. I don't think that I started tearing up because somewhere in my mind, I was like, I spent a lot of money on that dog. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think that's all of it, but I have to confess. I have to acknowledge that's probably part of it that that enters the equation and that's why i found that interesting enough to talk about on a on a podcast i didn't think it would be uh, relevant to the channel necessarily but i do think it's relevant to how we um how we think and i think it's important for us to keep those uh little idiosyncrasies of our psychology in mind as we go through life, when you find yourself really emotionally engaged in something, just step back from it and think about like, what is it about this that makes me so connected to it? What is it about this that I don't want to let go of? Why, uh, you know, am I, am I really feeling this way? Is this based on facts? Is this based on logic or is this me justifying something I've already done? I think you'll find that more often than you expect, it's the latter which is interesting stuff. So that's the story of my dog. Okay, so just to close this out, I was going to just talk about a few things that are going on in my life right now. Some of you may remember back in December, I did the face treatment, Zyclara, where I was getting rid of some skin cancer spots. I Just a little bit about that, because I'm, I'm going through that again right now. I'm doing it on my arms. And so I've been through the, what you're supposed to do. is You're supposed to put it on for two weeks, let it rest for two weeks or heal for two weeks and then apply it again for another two weeks. And then you're, you're done that kind of, you do two rounds and that kind of make ensures that you get rid of all the, all the spots. It has not been as bad on my arms as it was on my face, but that's because I found out after the fact that I was putting it on my face way too much. You're only supposed to put it on at night and then wash it off in the morning. For some reason, I, got my uh, my wires crossed on that and I was putting it on at night and in the morning so I had it on all the time so what happened on my face was a disaster the good thing about my arms is I can just wear long sleeves and nobody knows that they're there except for a couple of spots on my hands you can't really get around that but it just looks like I burned myself or something but it's kind of gnarly I'll be honest like if I were to go without long sleeves I would get some stairs and it's probably going to take a while to heal. I'm sure there's going to be some red marks there for a while. And I'm a little concerned about my face. Even my dermatologist, I went to see her after I got done with that treatment. And that's kind of where I found out, oh, you used that way too much. I might actually have a scar, like a permanent scar on my face. I, I knew that it would be red and discolored for a while. Not that big a deal, you know, especially if I'm on camera, you can always put a little you know, makeup on it or something like that. I'm not, I'm not above doing that, but, um, it's a bummer. I, 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 I feel kind of dumb. Honestly, I, I didn't, 
read the directions very well and I I screwed up my face a little bit. It sucks. Now it's only been, let's see, it was kind of January when I was finishing with that, so you know, it's been four months. In a year, maybe it'll it'll fade enough. And I'm sure there's some stuff that I can do with uh, face facial treatments and stuff like that that can maybe make it go away a little bit. But at some point, when I get done with my arms, I'm gonna need to do my neck. I have a feeling this is something I'm just gonna have to do every five to ten years or something like that, just to make sure that none of this turns into something that could you know kill me. But my neck I'm a little concerned about because, you know, your neck gets a lot of sun. Mine certainly got a lot of sun. The good thing is when I was a kid, I never went without my shirt on. I never went shirtless. I, you know, I grew up in Texas and I had family that lived on a ranch and stuff like that. And most, most guys would go around without their shirt on. They got nice and bronzed and all that, but I never, I never tanned really not not like I couldn't tan without going through some pretty serious sunburns first and it just wasn't worth it to me plus I was a skinny kid and really self-conscious about being without a shirt on and I was also so pale so it was kind of like a a vicious circle you know I didn't I didn't take my shirt off because I was so pale but I was pale because I never took my shirt off and all that kind of stuff but that's a good thing now because most guys I would imagine women too because of swimsuits, but um, most most guys wind up with uh, these kinds of sun issues on their shoulders. And I don't. My shoulders are actually pretty good. But my neck got a lot of sun. So at some point, I, sh- I should probably just go ahead and get it over with, but I will probably uh, treat my neck in the next month or so. And at some point, I need to do the other side of my face, so that's not going to be pretty. I'm not looking forward to that. But it's kind of one of these things I just need to do it. It's not it's not fun. I don't look forward to it. And I know it grosses out <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, I'm sure I'm more self-conscious about it than other people are. But uh, it, it always cracked me up how, like, especially when I had it on the side of my face this last time, it was pretty obvious and it was pretty bad. And I would I was always just waiting for somebody to be like, dude, what happened to your face? Nobody ever asked. I know they were thinking it. And I know that as soon as I walked away, they'd be like, do you know what happened to him? But I, I always felt like it was up to me to just say, hey, in case you're wondering, I'm doing this face treatment. It's cool. I'm all right. I didn't get burned. I'm not Freddy Krueger. But uh, but then it was always also kind of like, well, no, I'm just going to point it out and, you know, make people uncomfortable. But it's, it's a very humbling thing to feel uh, to, to feel like that. I I definitely identify with people who maybe have giant birthmarks or birth defects or uh, facial deformities and stuff like that. Obviously, those are much more serious than what I'm dealing with. They're permanent. This is not permanent. But I think it's it's humbling and frankly, I don't know. I would say it's even important to put yourself in that those shoes every once in a while to just know what that feels like to be that self conscious. Like I couldn't I couldn't go to the mall, you know. I couldn't just go shopping somewhere uh, without people looking at me. And I noticed as I was talking to people, I would kind of like just kind of keep my head turned the other way. <laughs> I would keep my good side facing them because I was just trying to hide it the best I could. Anyway, that's going on with me. Just letting letting people know in case anybody was wondering, there might be some uh, 
some videos in the near future where I'm I've got the the face thing again but I've already addressed it so I can always link back to that video so for now I think I'm gonna call it a day Ooh, here's my knuckles here my knuckles there they go I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up this podcast I want to thank you guys for listening and uh, we really want to hear what you think about this um, I'm gonna be sharing these on the answers with Joe Facebook page obviously well everywhere I'm gonna be sharing them everywhere so um, take a listen obviously you're already listening if you're listening to this point then thank you wow cool and let me know what you think if there are things that you want to hear covered on here I think that I'm gonna be talking more about the kind of topics I'm talking about here I'll, I'll refer I'll, I'll give sort of backstories and give some extra info to the videos that I release I will talk about you know just kind of things in my life and how they pertain to kind of like I did with the the dog story today um, you know I might talk about things that are that are personal to me but also I'll tie them into concepts and ideas that I think are relevant to the channel and that you guys would be interested in but it's it's new this is brand new I make no promises there's gonna be a lot of stumbling blocks I really hope to start doing a lot of interviews some of them in the beginning might be interviews with people that aren't necessarily science or technology related but I'll get them talking about that kind of stuff but there'll be other creators people that I'm friends with that you might know you might not know but you might enjoy their channel you might not so anyway I I hope that you guys like this let me know what you think and I'll uh, I'll keep doing it as long as anybody wants to hear it so subscribe in iTunes this should be up on iTunes soon I'll, I'll work on getting it on Stitcher and everything and uh Someday I'll have a better ending to to the podcast than what I'm doing right now. But for right now, I'll just end it with thanks for listening, thanks for being a fan, and I will uh, I'll be, I'll be around. Thanks everybody. Take care.